I put it out on Facebook. I, wa- I wanted to say um, a season of hope. That's kind of what I wanted to name this title this morning, but it just didn't seem to fit in my spirit this morning. I'm not in that mood. And it come across my mind, it's about time. Have you, has anybody here ever said, it's about time? And see, when you've said that, this is how you've said that. You've said it with a sense of <laughs> impatience. You're going to have to turn the lights on. I want to see the whites in their eyes. You've said it with impatience. Come on, ain't, I'll just wait for you to come to church. You've said it to your husbands, you've said it to your wives, you've said it to your children, you've said it to your boss, you've said it to your employees. It's about time. Haven't you? It's about time. Well, guess what? This morning we're going to talk about it's about time. We're not going to say it with the impatience. We're going to say this with a hope, with an expectancy. How many of you know it's about time? You'll get it at the end, I promise you. But it's, it's, it's about time. It's right around the corner. What you've been hoping for. What you've had expectations for. What you've been praying for. What you've been wishing for. What you've been desiring for. What you've been laboring for. What you've been fighting for. What you've had hopes for. It's about time. That's how we're going to talk about it this morning. That's the title of, our, of, a, of a message. I, I think this message is, is from God to you this morning. And then when I can look at you and I can see on you, I know this is a message for you. It's a message for me too. Because I've, I've been fighting too. I've been hoping too. I've been praying too. I've been struggling too. I've been wishing too. I've been wanting too. I've been desiring too. It's about time. Oh, come on. It's it's about time. I'm excited about this morning. See, if you're not excited about it, I'm going to get you excited before you leave. (laughs) Good morning, sweetheart. It's about time. See, you need, to, you need to start saying that over and over and over and over in your spirit. It's about time. It's about time. It's about, it's about, it's, it's about time. Not, it's about time, but it's about, it's about time. It's. Good morning, church. (laughs) It's about time. 
Anybody, is anybody else in here other than me been hoping and wanting and desiring and asking and praying and fighting and laboring for anything, for something? You, you, you've wanted, you've wanted, I'm already preaching, you, you've been wanting something to break free in your family. It's about time. You're, you're wanting something to be lifted off of you. You've carried a, a weight of burden on your life. And you've been wishing it away for years. God said to tell you, it's about time. It's about time. I'm not much on feelings because sometimes you don't feel God. Sometimes you don't feel loved. So I'm not much on feeling, but this morning I just feel him differently. You are living right now in a season of hope. Man, it's so close to you. If you're not careful, you go trip over it. You better be paying attention. If, ooh, I heard that too. If you're not careful, it's going to pass you by. You're going to miss it. It's about time. It's about time. I want, I want to keep this as intimate as possible this morning. I'm not going through any announcements. We, I will tell you next Sunday we will be having Sunday morning service. And I already know what we're going to be doing. Um, and it's, it's, it's not going to take up a whole lot of your time. Um, I, want, I want to get you back to your families too. But I know God wants to spend a moment with you. If, if we can't break away from this worldly grasp for a moment, it's going to strangle the life out of us. And God wants to spend time with you for a moment. So Sunday we're going we're gonna to come together. Okay? And... Uh, Wednesday, we're still going to have, we'll have service Wednesday, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Absolutely.
I love you, B. <laughs> we stand right here. I'm, if you come to sing a song this morning, you'll have to sing the melody in your heart. Maybe we'll get to it in a second. Tommy, go ahead and go to Isaiah. You can you can leave them all. I have a feeling there's going to be some tears and snotting, so and people don't want to let other people see their ugliness. Anybody ever cried where you was just ugly when you cried? I mean, you was just ugly. You'll have to forgive me in it too, but told Tommy I was we going old school. Some of us sometime in our life have said, Man, I'd like to live back in the days when Jesus was alive. We've thought about it, and I think everybody in here has thought about it. Man, it would have been so cool just to walk beside him. Well, this is kind of what you would get back in those days. It wasn't just a preacher that would pull three words out of a scripture and give you an hour and a half sermon. This is kind of how these sermons would go. So just bear with me. We're gonna, we are going to read the word of God. That's what we're going to do. But you're going to have to listen with your ears. Okay? Listen with your hearts. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Okay. I'm reading this to you. This is God speaking to you. Individually. 
Don't listen to this as a corporate reading. This is a personal letter that God wrote for you this morning. Please listen to it. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. <laughs> Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. For you will forget the shame of your youth. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. <laughs> the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. Like a youthful wife. When you were refused, says your God, for a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. So have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. Says the Lord who has mercy on you. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempests and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stone. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness is for me says the lord ho everyone who thirst come to the waters and you will have and you who have no money come by and eat 
Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul, let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear, come to me, hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven... And do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Father, this morning I'm asking that God, that there be an abundance of grace that rests on your people this morning. God, we all come from different walks. We all come from different parts of life. But God, we've all come together. We've all gathered here together this morning. Father, in one place. So, Father, I would ask that as your word has already spoken, that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are there in their midst. Father, I would ask that that be just made concrete this morning in the lives of your people. God, that they will not leave not knowing whether you were here or whether you spoke to them or whether you were able to help them or give hope to them. But, God, when they leave, they leave full of you father that their lives may prosper for the benefit of your kingdom and for the sake of your name so holy spirit you're welcome here sir this is your house this is your time have your way do as you please and it's in jesus name we pray amen you know i uh was sitting and reading through 54 this morning. and You know, all of 54 was, for me, a, a hope builder, a, a something that I could hold to. I really sensed that God would speak. To me directly and, and I'm really hoping that you heard the words that you didn't just 
hear Scripture, but you heard God speak to you specifically this morning and tell you that He, he walked you through your life. And, and I think that He touched every person in here in that chapter when He began to release things about don't, don't worry about this and forget about that and I'll take care of this and you don't have to worry about that and I'll have this removed and this will be taken from you and don't worry about this person saying this or don't worry about what's going on. I will take care of it. I've got it handled. It's, it's all there. And then, then he goes on and he says, you know what, I, I've told you something. And just as I have told you, I will fulfill what I have spoken. Well, all of this doesn't come but until after 53, which talks to us about this prophecy of Jesus, this prophecy of a soon coming king, the Messiah, this, this servant that God would offer up to the world that would bring us all into the, in, in, into the groves of God. And Isaiah goes on to talk to us about who he is and, and how he was treated and what would take place and what would go on. And all of this was spoken. Now, this was spoken some 700 years prior to this scripture. Tommy, go to Luke 2, 8 through 12. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock. By night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This angel had brought forth the word that was spoken some 700 years prior. The hope he was bringing, the hope that was given to Israel, which is now you and I. We are Israel. This hope that was spoken to this, this company of people that felt just so desolate, that felt so broken, that felt so by themselves. And, and they felt that God had turned his back and walked away from them. And then God come and give them this encouraging word in 54. But it took 700 years. It's about time. That, that's, not, that's, not, that's not being spoken out of impatience. I'm, I'm telling you that whatever God spoke has now come to pass. Whatever God spoke into your life, it's about time that this too shall happen in your life. It's right there. Whatever the word of hope was, whatever the word of prosperity was, whatever the word of healing was, whatever the word of, of you, you fill in the blank. I can't go through all of y'all's problems this morning because I'll walk out of here and I'll just feel so depressed. But I'll tend with you individually. But this word, this, this word that was spoken to Israel has now, this isn't just a word spoken here. 
This isn't just a word spoken. This is an actual event that had taken place. And what he was saying was, look, you know that all of that stuff that was spoken to you out of the book of Isaiah, I'm here to profess to you this morning that it's happened. That it's been done. This hope that he had given you in Isaiah 54 has now come to pass. In Luke 2. And I'm here to let you know that that's, that's taking place. See, you don't have to set out in the fields anymore and wonder if what God has spoken over you and to you and about you and your children and your descendants and your family and your heritage, you don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to come to pass. I'm telling you this morning that don't worry about it. Don't be afraid for unto you this day Pastor, does that mean on Christmas? Y'all just stick with me, okay? Get Christmas Day out of your mind for a minute. Just stick with me. Unto you this day, whatever day, I don't care what if it was July the 1st, if it was September the 12th, if it was December the 22nd, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I just know that the angel appeared before man and he said to you today, the promise that God had given you 700 years ago is now fulfilled. It's about time. It's about time. For those of you that are wondering if God has forgotten you, hear me. He came 700 years later and fulfilled that promise. Do you think he's forgotten you? Now see, if we lived in the book of Malachi, I mean, that would be, that would be something that would be... <laughs> okay, so there was 400 years of no word from God. Okay, I get you. It feels like sometimes we've been sitting in our field for 400 years and no communication from God has ever taken. Anybody else been there? I, listen, I've sat there for a long time and it almost felt like 400 years. I'm going, God, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to find somebody that will. Y'all won't talk to him like that. I do because he told me to come boldly. Just tell me what's on your mind, Rocky, because I already know what's on your heart. See, that's why I can talk to him. Quit trying to fake God out. Quit trying to. It, he's not your husband in the physical sense. <laughs> you ain't got to go and, and try to manipulate him and get him all thinking that, you, that he's thinking that you really love him so that you'll get whatever it is. That, that, Stop the manipulation. Go to God with an open heart and an open mind and clean hands and a pure and just go and stand and say, God, listen, here's the deal. I'm tired. God, I feel like you have forgotten me. It's been 20 years. God, don't you remember what you spoke to me? That you would perfect those things that concern me? Do you remember when you said that? God, how much longer? It's, it's about time. But you choose to give up hope. 
You know you have to choose that, right? Can't nobody take your hope from you. You have to choose to give it up. See, I don't know about you, but if I've waited 20 years for my wife to love me, <laughs> I'll wait another five if I need to. I'm, I'm, she's just not in here. I can talk about her. See, we, we think that somewhere between when God first spoke into our life, when, when God first shook our spirit, we seem to think that between that time frame and where we are right now, in a place of hopelessness, in a place of despair, in a desolate country, we just think that God has forgotten all about, can I tell, he has not forgotten you. Look at poor Abraham at the age of 75 and God said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And he's going. I think before he knew about the boldness thing, he was still bold and said, God, what are you talking about? Do you not know how old I am? And 20 Five years later. Can you think about Joseph that got the dream? And he goes and he expresses the love of God to his brothers. But he said it in a... There's a, there's a right time to say something, to, especially to your family. I mean, you don't, it's not about the, the arrogance that Joseph carried. It was about the excitement and the anticipation of what he carried. But unfortunately, the jealousy of the ones that he spoke to received it improperly. This goes to show you that it's not always about the communicator. It's about the recipients of the communicator sometimes. It ain't always about how I said it. It's about how you. And they got mad at him and they sold him. They sold the very one that was going to be their protector. And poor Joseph. I believe that sometime in that midst, Joseph probably had a question arise in his mind in the, in the next 13 years that he double-checked some things and he said, Hey God, you remember when... How many of you felt like that you've fallen into a pit? No. How many of you felt like you've been pushed into a pit? How many of you felt like that you've been sold off to slavery? And the whole time God is setting, God is setting the stage for you because it's, 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 about, it's about time. It's, God didn't send Joseph to Egypt to be a slave. He sent him to be the second man in charge. It's just a process. See, some of us anticipate God's move in our life so expeditiously that if God was to, if God was to react 
to your request in the midst of a need at that particular point in time, he knows you don't. He knows that if he done it now, you're going to expect it again later. And if he doesn't do it, you're going to turn your back on him because you think that he's left you. So sometimes God has got to appropriate his blessing in your life by means of taking care of you first. He's got to fix your mind. He's got to fix your heart. He's got to fix your situation. And if he can get all of that together, he, he don't need more time to fix your blessing. He's already got that done. He needs more time with you because you're hard-headed and stiff-necked. I'm giving you word. It's the Bible. If you don't like it, I, just don't read it, I guess. Because <laughs> sometimes it's offensive. <laughs> he said, we're brood vipers, man. But we want God to act immediately. And if God was to do that every single time, it would be no more than the genie in the bottle. We live our life. Now we need him. God, I need you. It's fixed. Now we forget him. We live our life. Now we need him. We reach on the fireplace mantle. We pull him off. God, we need he does what he needs. You put him back up. You take off again. The next time you need him, he's in the cupboard. So you reach in the cupboard and you pull him out and you say, God, I need. And then you put him back. And the next time you find him, he's in a foot chest somewhere tucked away in storage. God's trying to build you in your hope. Seven hundred years. Well, Pastor, I can't live seven hundred. It don't matter. A lot of what David built wasn't didn't live to see it. But he just talked about David. This has been done some 2,000 plus years, and we're still reading about it. See, I don't know about you, but I don't always have to see. It's not that I don't want to see, because sometimes I do want to be able to pluck the fruit from a tree that I planted. I'm sorry, that's just me. I know you're holier than I am, and you're much more righteous, and oh, it doesn't matter, you're lying. You're lying. If you're working for something, if you're pouring out your heart for something, if you're sacrificing your life for something, by golly, you want to be able to see and partake of its fruit. And if you sit and tell me you don't, you're lying. The altar's open. Oops. 700 years. And we're stressed out over a week. Because I think we get so overtaken and so overwhelmed with, with the need that we need fixed that we forget about us being fixed in the process. See, if God was to fix your situation in the motion or in the mood that you're in right now, it probably isn't going to change anything because you're going to look downcast at it. You're going to peek over your glasses and down your nose because you're going to go, well, that's not the answer. You didn't fix them at all. 
morning. Don't y'all love a Christmas message? Isn't it just beautiful? It's a message of hope and encouragement and strength. That's what God wants to do. God wants to build up your strength. Because he also knows that there's going to come a time when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will make teachers of their own so that it will satisfy their palate. It will tickle their, e- their itchy ears. And God's going, listen, I think of you much more than that. I love you way deeper than that. I don't want to give you now so that you fall away then. I want to just build you now so that when that time comes that your hope will not be lost, that you will still turn and you will still lift your head because you'll know where your help comes from. And it doesn't come from everything around you. Your Christmas presents and your job raises and your perfect marriage on life or in this world, it, that doesn't amount to a hill of beans because all at one time, One day, oh man, I'm struggling right now. Because see, even in my personal life, I'm, I'm trying to build things for my family. And I'm still struggling with it. I was riding to church this morning. And I'm riding down the road and I was going, God, honestly, what does it matter? I said, God, right now, I don't feel any different. I don't feel any different today than what I felt five years ago. I don't feel any different today than I felt 20 years ago. That fall crisp night in the backyard. (laughs) Because I know at the end of the day, it's all going away. I made it very clear. God, I'm not praying that same prayer again, that if any of this can get in the way, take it from my, I'm not praying any of that right now because I was told specifically from my wife, do not ever pray that prayer without me being involved in the prayer because we're too agree on any one thing. But it's the fact that I recognized something this morning on the way to church in my truck. Me and myself... I can break Sean's legs because he's turned me on to some some country gospel. (laughs) Never have I ever ever thought that that would ever take place in my lifetime. But I've grown to really like some of that stuff. And there's one about 
Um, I can't think of the name of it. I never know the artist and I never know the name of the song. I can just sing along with it while they're singing. That's all I can tell you. And I can do it very well in the truck by myself at 5 o'clock in the morning. But there was one thing about where I find Jesus. Sean, can you sing that song? You, pr- you know it. Wait. Talk about in a deer stand, in a church pew, in my old beat up Chevrolet or something, riding down the road, just me and him. And, and that's where I find Jesus. It, uh, see, we, we always think that we got to come here. And can I tell you, you can go to the bathroom in the most uncomfortable positions and Jesus will talk to you. I think it's rude. Now, I'm... Apparently, y'all have not had that experience yet. Just keep walking with him. The most inopportune times, he will... Really? Can I get finished? TMI, right? Oh, keep keep loving on him. Keep walking with him. He'll catch you in the middle of stuff. Just because of the age frame, I'll keep a lot of this rated G. But he'll <clears throat> and I'm going, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> Seven hundred years. Seven hundred years. Some of y'all went there with me. <laughs> 700 years. And you've been wanting for 20 years. You've been wanting for five years. You've been wanting for a year. You're weak. You're discouraged. All hope seems to be lost. There's just no encouragement even about what you think that you thought God said. God, have you forgotten me? No. He hasn't forgotten you. And no, you haven't forgotten about him. It's just that it's about time. It doesn't mean it's, it's right now. Because the Bible sees there's a, says there's a season for everything. And we've been talking about recognizing and understanding seasonings on Wednesday. So if you haven't been on here on Wednesdays, I encourage you to come. We're going to do this one more time on Wednesday and then I'm going to be done. So if you don't get but one of them, that's your fault, not mine. We've been open every Wednesday. But anyway. Am I still okay? All right. <laughs> it's just not season yet but it's about time see the the little buds on the trees we're going to start seeing them around March April it doesn't mean they're going to bear fruit then but it's about time see oh thank you Holy Spirit start recognizing the entrance to your season Start looking in your life. What's changed? Has, any, has anything took a turn, a left or a right? Has, has anything just done a, 
a gradual on-ramp or an off-ramp. Not one of those that break down from 65 to 25 to 15 like that. That's a bad, that's a bad curve. And whoever invented those curves, I want to talk to them. But there's things in your life that will, that will gradually turn and begin to change. And God's wanting you to recognize because if you can recognize, see, that's a, he's building your hope. He's building your anticipation, your excitement level. Oh, I can't be far now. You know when you know that it's really, really close? It's when all hell breaks loose in your life. Oh, it's really about time now. But see, we won't rejoice in that. We get pushed back by that because we don't understand the season that we're in. You're in a season of hope now. And I come to tell you that no matter how long you've had to wait, no matter how long you've set out in the fields, doing things that you didn't think God had called you to do, poor little David got anointed to be king and still went out and done his shepherd boy thing. That's no way to treat a king. But God said, there's things in you I have to work on. But right now, I'm giving you a sense of hope. I'm seasoning your life with just a mere ounce of expectation. It's about time. It's just not season. But it's coming. I promise you, it's going to be here. And before you know it, don't you know those shepherd men? They, oh after trying to dig their way back out of the hole, because I would have dug one and buried myself up if an angel would have came in the field and jumped on me like that. Right? All of y'all think you're just holy, and you would just go, oh, how pretty. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. We're talking about an enormous God. Do you think the angels are like just little, yeah. <laughs> all y'all are going to come to the know him and the, and the truth of what he is. I'd have dug a hole, brother. I'd have left the sheep and the other shepherds and I'd have been gone. Matter of fact, he would have had to dig me out because I probably wouldn't have dug myself back out. But here they are in the midst and you know what? Maybe, just maybe, just go with me for a second. Just, just maybe they, have, they were three of the ones like you and I. Hold on. That had said, man, it's been 700 years. This thing ain't coming to pass. See, you got... Okay, let me help you read the Bible. If it's not expressed to the point to where there is no left or right side of it, start looking at the left and right side. Because see, some of us, me included, until just now, <laughs> see, I can get revelation when I'm preaching. I love it. I've always thought the shepherd men, oh, they're waiting. They're eagerly anticipating God. And boy, they're waiting for this promise. And they've heard it for generations. Just like you've always heard the Lord's coming back. And yeah, you don't have. <laughs> See, I might look at them like this this morning. 
that maybe, just maybe, they were like you and I. Oh, they've heard about the promise. They've read about it in Isaiah. But they've not seen it. And after all, it's been 700 years. And lo and behold, God picked those three guys. They might have been talking about going down to the local bar. Oh, we don't know when he's coming. We'll be eating, drinking, being merry. Oh, be careful. Be careful. See, you, this is why it's so important that you don't lose hope. That you can't give up hope. You, I am begging you this morning. Do not give up hope. If he said it, he'll do it. Tommy, numbers. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said? <laughs> he said it 700 years prior. And here they were. Watching their sheep at night. Talking about going to the local bar. What I'm going to do tomorrow. Well, I can't wait to hook up with that woman. And then all of a sudden. See, don't be caught in a moment of doubt. I assure you, he's coming. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make good? He can't lie, just in case you need to know that. If he lies, he's not God. If God said, I got it on a blue shirt, guess what color it is? That wasn't a hard question. Some of y'all thought it was trick question. Every time I ask a question, man, some of y'all just jump in behind your chair. I ain't answering this one because I already know what he's getting ready to do. He's trying to embarrass me. I'm never trying to embarrass you. I'll, listen, let me tell you what feeds me while I try to feed you with what God gives me. I feed off of your response a lot because your response is what will trigger something inside of me and the Holy Spirit will take me to a place and go, that's the point. But when you sit here, you know what I'm getting ready to say, like a ward on a frog, and you don't amen the preacher down, you don't go, oh, I understand, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that word. I'm just assuming you don't care. But pastor, we're taking it in. Okay, then a minute. See, I'm going home now.
It's about time. I know I know it's hurt for the past five Christmases. But it's it's about time. I know you've missed them and you keep holding on to them. You even fall into some of the lies of other people and they say, well, they're looking down on you and what? No, they're not. They're, see, if I'd have said that, I'd have been insensitive. Not really. I'm just telling you the truth. They're dead and gone. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if they're absent from the body and they've accepted Christ, they're in the presence of the Lord. I promise you, you are not on their target list. They're looking for Moses and Adam and Peter and Jesus. And you ain't, they, didn't, they did not. You think they wrote your name down on that piece of legal paper right before they died and put it in their pocket. That was just their reminder note when they get to heaven. They pull it out and they go, this is, I'm looking for Jesus. He ain't looking for dawn. <laughs> I, making some of you mad. Well, blessed be God. Look, I'm just, it's not that we're not to mourn. It's not that we're not to, to we, we have these emotions. And I, I wish God wouldn't have given us these emotions sometimes. I don't like to cry all the time either, but I do. I have to get over it and move on. I don't want to be mad at you, but I do. I get mad sometimes. But I've got to learn to get by it and move on. Just don't sin. Right? Like punch in the mouth when I'm mad at you. Well, never mind. I mean, we can't. We can't continue in circumstances for so long that we negate the presence of God. Because many of us, just like myself, there's times I've done this. I have gauged God's existence in my life. I've gauged his existence in my life, not his existence. I've asked, are you really there sometime now? I have but I, I've never, I don't gauge his existence based on the circumstance in my life that I'm having to deal with at this very moment. Because if I do that, I will then negate the fact that he exists. See, some of y'all ain't never been there. You ever walked into a problem and you just didn't think God was part of it? God must not know about this one. No, he knew he probably sent Come on, Job. <laughs> he probably sent the enemy to your house. This is supposed to be a love message and a hope message. What I'm trying to tell you is, if God put it in your life and in your heart, I'm promising you this morning on my life, and it doesn't even matter, my life is nothing. But I promise you that God's word is true 
and it will never come back to him void. Not in your life, not in your life, not in your life, not in your life. It will never come back void. It's about time. It's you got how many how many more years you got before you ROTC? When you when do you actually like go in one hundred percent all in? Is it, do you have to graduate high school? I don't know nothing about that, that's why I'm asking you. Do you have to graduate high school and then go to do something? Or ROTC is a part of your life at this present moment? I don't understand it. So once I'm done with ROTC, i got to go to college for four years, get a bachelor's degree, then I can actually go join the actual military. Ooh. Ooh. So it's, it's not a guarantee But it's a promise. So if you don't lose hope, no matter the situation or circumstance, if you don't lose hope, you complete college and you move on. And then ROTC was worth it, right? They don't get it. But if you lose hope in college and you give up like I would have, don't follow my footsteps. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'll be like Paul. I'll give them the religious thing this morning. So if you lose hope in college because it gets harder and you just give up, does that mean that the promise never was a promise? It just means the promise was delayed or the promise wasn't fulfilled. And maybe sometimes you're breaking your own promise. <coughs> See, we can't give up hope just because the road gets rough. You stick it out. You'll be better than your daddy. <coughs> Look... If that's not your hope for your children, you better check yourself. Now, my son will never be as good looking as me. But he's trying. I want him to be better than me. Yes, I want him to have more than me. I want him to be happier than me. I want him to have more joy than I do. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you think there's something wrong with that, that's your problem. But see, what I'm trying to do is build a life as a heritage. See, it's not going to be about what I have in the physical Oh, hang on, watch this. It's not about what I'm going to have in the physical. The Bible put it to me like this. This is what the Bible said to me. I don't know what it said to you. It's what He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know what that means? It literally means that goodness and mercy will tackle you. That's the literal translation. 
overcome you, overwhelm you, tackle you. How many, see, this is why I can, I can have fun with it, and I don't care who likes it and who don't. Have you, ever found, have you ever found yourself in such a place of favor of God that you don't even know what to do with it all? You just, you, you leave work and you go, Ugh. I mean, your marriage, your marriage is so good, you just walk out of the house and scratching your head going, how did I deserve her? See, y'all thought I was going to go somewhere else with that too. Y'all got marriage issues. Y'all need marital help. That's what I want on my boy. That's what I want on my boy. You know what I want on my girl? The same thing that's on her mother. I don't want her to be like me. I really don't. (laughs) Unfortunately... You have to tend with that portion. But I want her to be, I want her to excel above her mother. See, I want her children, thank you, God. I want, whew. Mm. I want her children to sit at the gates and call her blessed. See, as hard as we are on our children, I know our children don't curse us. They bless us. They might not bless me to my face. They want to bless me out sometimes. But then they look and they go, well, I better not try him. You're exactly right, son. There's nothing wrong with enjoying this life. He give it to you to enjoy and to prosper and to benefit from it. To have dominion over. Aren't you tired of life controlling your emotion and your feeling and your happiness and your joy? Aren't you tired of it yet? Well, yeah. But how do I change it? Oh, let's count the ways. See, a lot of us, we, we carry the, the bitter water and the sweet water out of the same stream. I'm talking about your mouth. You bless one thing and you curse something else. Or you, the very thing that you just blessed, you cursed right behind it. See, if you want the promises of God to come about, you can't keep turning them away. That means, you're, that means you're going to have to sit in the fields for 700 years. Aren't you glad that one day for God is like 10,000 years? <laughs> I am. <laughs> so you might have to sit out there for like four or five hours. Never mind, y'all totally miss it. God's not trying to punish you. God wants you to live in a life of hope. And he showed us this morning that it doesn't matter what he says and when he says it. It's coming back to him fulfilled. Can you muster up the courage 
the stamina, the hope, the expectation to wait it out. Because listen to me, it's about time. Will you stand with me? Look, don't act like you're dead, man. You are resurrected in Christ. When he left, guess what he done? He seated us, oh, in him at the right hand of the Father. That means, see, you see me, but I ain't here. I'm sitting up there with Daddy right now. I'm trying to find out some good news. I didn't have enough of the bad news. The woes are me. I, I want... God, what's in store? What's coming? I know it's about time. When I know, I know it's about time. Just don't get nervous. I felt that too. Why, why do y'all get all nervous thinking that I'm going to do something religious and call you out and bring you to the altar and lay hands on you and pray for you? Because that's my job. That's why you feel that way. But I'm not going to do that this morning. You know why? I was taught some years ago. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me at the time of a ministry that I've yet, I've experienced it twice that way. He said, son, there's things in people's lives that your hand will never touch. I don't need you. To go lay hands on them. Matter of fact, stay on the platform. Oh, I've been told, do not come off the platform. And I've watched people's lives get dramatically rocked at an altar. Not because we played some beautiful, convincing music. Not because we had the lights out. Not because I'd done a 15-minute invitation to the altar. It happened that quick. And God said, don't you dare step off the platform. So he taught me to understand what laying between the porch and the altar was. See, God will be good to you if you, oh boy, he'll be good to you if you'll let him. See, those are the, those are the times that I want to take to my children and go, this is what I'm leaving you. It doesn't matter what other people say or what other people do. This is what I'm leaving you and this is what I want you to adhere to. It has nothing to do, Dawn, with what life offers you. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, Sean, what God has sealed in your life and his purpose on your life. That's what it has to deal with. Oh, you can run. I promise you, you're going to get fat like me and old like me. You're going to wear it down a lot quicker and then in come God and that's it. It's about time. Maybe you're standing here this morning and you heard God speak to you out of Isaiah 54. And he told you something in there that rang your ever-living bell. Maybe it rang it and you didn't hear it because you were deaf. Now that's a big possibility. 75% of you missed it. 
Because the Bible says that only 25% will ever grow and bear fruit. <laughs> See, y'all don't like that kind of preaching. My job's just to sow. I had to learn that. All I can do is just scatter the seeds. Some of us going to fall on rocky ground. Some of us going to fall on some thorny soil. Some of us going to fall by the wayside. Some of us going to fall on good ground. Don't take that to heart. Okay? That's, that's not the order I was throwing it. I'm just, I just toss it. Maybe it feels like 700 years to you this morning. Man, you're struggling with a, with a death in the family. You're struggling with, with illnesses in the family. You're struggling with finances in the family. You're, you're struggling with maybe it's just the purpose of your life or the calling on your life. Whatever it is that you're struggling on, I want to tell you this morning that now, it's like the angel just came in this morning and told you, fear not, for unto you this day, was born a Savior. Do you understand what that meant? Let let me me break it just, just for a minute. What it meant was your deliverance your bondage was broken. Your addictions were done away with. Everything in life that is consuming you and hold, it was done away with at that very moment. See, I'm going to help you right here. It was done at that moment for you. Now, here's a problem. If it was done for me in that moment, why do I suffer in the moment? Boy, there are some questions that God will allow me to ask. And he'll go, that's a good question. Let me know when you find out. And there I get stuck with it. But we're told, we're, we're told to count it all joy. Because God's working something out in us. See, we don't know what kind of juice is in a grape until it's squeezed. Whew. Some of you have never experienced what was... What was put in you because you resist the squeeze. You don't want to have to go through that. But can I tell you that you're, you're going to have to go through some type of friction in your life. And the reason I say that, I got scripture for that too. Give me a second. Let me, let me explain that to you. It said the spirit of God was brooding over the waters. That means to, to sit. To sit on like, like a hen on her egg. To press. When you press, it causes friction. Where there's pressure, there's friction. That's what causes the egg to hatch. See, God's, God's spirit has been sitting on you. He's trying to get something out of you. He he impregnated you with a seed, and it's about time. It 
if you're struggling, I want you to take this moment. I'm going to pray with you as a, as a group. I'm not going to single you out. I, I just know by looking on your faces this morning, I could almost sit down with you and talk to you about your life and tell you how, how great and how grand we might think it is at the moment, but how much despair and imperfections we've had in it and what we still struggle in. I just want you to know that God doesn't care. He said that you're going to forget about your youthful stuff. The things that you've done that was crazy that, that would have just put any other man on the cross. He, don't worry about that. Unto you this day. I mean, if you're, you're needing a breakthrough this morning, you're wanting to get through something or you need to get by something. Something ails you, something holds you captive, whatever it is. Would, would you let God be an answer? However, that answer has to come. It's not always going to come the way we expect it. This is why you have to be diligent in seeking after God. God said that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's not about going to church on Sunday. That is not diligently seeking him. Diligently seeking him literally means that you are doing the principles and the precepts of Christ. That you will respond the way that Christ would respond. You would act the way that Christ would act. You would say the things that Christ would say. That is diligently seeking him. And he is a rewarder to those. curse what God's blessed take a hope to it wait it out it's about time just wait it out